huge, huge adjustment uh, to the language, to the culture, uh, the food. Another kind of free form rock and roll, make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll, make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Woo! Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Pultcast. I will be your host today. I am Mike Ferguson. Joining me this morning is our co-host, Andrew Too. How are you this morning, Andrew? Doing excellent, Mike. Glad to be here with you on our first Athletics alumni episode of the Pultcast. We have a very special guest this morning uh, with us today. She is a former NJCAA All-American at Polk State, a softball pitcher. She's the first Italian-born player to play NCAA Division I softball, the first Italian player to play professional softball in Japan, and the first Italian-born player to play professionally in the United States uh, recently when she joined the Athletes Unlimited cir- Circuit. Greta Cicchetti is with us this morning. How are you, Greta? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. Greta, growing up in Italy, I'm curious, how did you discover softball and ultimately kind of what made you fall in love with the game? Uh, softball is not very popular at home, like you would imagine. Um, and But my aunties, they both played softball. And my uncle also played baseball, so they were kind of familiar uh, with the sport. Um, and yeah, after trying dancing and gymnastics and swimming, and none of that was really working for me when I was little, um, they just said, hey, why don't you try softball? And uh, lucky for me, my hometown is pretty popular um, for softball. It's considered uh, the capital of softball in Italy. And it's also the club that's won more uh, championship than any other one. Um, so yeah, after the first practice, it was love at first sight, and I never stopped since then. That's awesome. That's awesome, Greta. Um, what what city is that that is considered the capital of of softball in Italy? It's Bollate. It's uh, just north of Milan, so in in the north, Italy. Awesome. Greta, we, I kind of, in your introduction, mentioned um, all the accomplishments uh, you have, all the firsts that you have set for Italian-born players. So you're, you're kind of a trailblazer in a sense. Have you ever given uh, that much thought? What, what does that mean to you? Is that something you've ever thought about? or? It means a lot, honestly. Um, just, you know, every time uh, I think about uh, everything that my career has been, I always have this thought of hopefully I'm expi- inspiring um, younger players, you know. And we do see a lot more players now coming and playing college softball, especially at the junior college level. We have a lot of Italian players uh, in the Region One in Region Nine playing softball right now. Um, excuse me, that would be Region Eight. My bad. That's Florida, right? And, yes. Um, yeah, just uh, in everything I've done, really, like coming to the United States and playing college and also playing in Australia many years and um, just like chasing um, wherever softball is at a higher level and just trying to get better and better. I've always kind of done that uh, to be successful with our national team. So that's always been a number one in mind, to get better, to give back to my team and my country. 
Greta, that's awesome. And, and, and speaking of, you know, coming from your country and, and, and making them proud and, and, and taking that kind of first step of, of leaving Italy and coming to uh, the States here, kind of, I'm, I'm very curious, kind of, when did Polk State become on your radar as an option to play softball at the college level? Obviously, you know, the streets of Polk County may be a little different uh, than the streets of just north of Milan. So um, what was kind of the first uh, impression you had of Polk State? Uh, definitely a lot different. And uh, so it all started when I was uh, um, 17 in high school. I moved away from home um, to be a member of the Baseball and Soccer Academy in uh, Livorno, Tuscany. And that's kind of what, so life there was very similar to college. You know, it was starting in the morning, practice every day in the afternoon. And that's what got, that's what got me thinking about college, you know, because I loved um, studying and I just loved being able to play softball and being on the field every day. Uh, so I started um, by create. I didn't know what I was doing, first of all. I had a lot of help, especially um, a lot of help from uh, Tony Foddy. He's now an assistant coach at Middle Tennessee University, and he's married to my auntie, so he was a big help. Uh, they helped me uh, set up a player's profile. I um, did some skills videos, and they just helped me uh, send it online. And um, sure enough, like I, again, I, um, I, at this point, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did get some offers and uh, Polk State was one of them. Um, back in the days, it was so-called Polk Community College. <laughs> uh, and we were the Vikings, our colors <laughs> were orange and green. Uh, we remember. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, all I knew was that I wanted to be in a place that was warm. So all the schools up north were not for me. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, Florida sounded really nice. And so I just made my choice based on the weather and also based on um, the location. You know, it's a very popular area. It's between a lot of amusement parks and you know, it just sounded very interesting. And this is like just me being young and naive, not really knowing what I was going and not knowing what I was doing. At, at what point for you did you realize, hey, I, I have a, a future uh, playing this sport? When, when did that kind of set in? I don't think that ever did, honestly. <laughs> I feel up to these days, I feel like I'm a little young kid from Italy who just wants to play more softball and just want to get better, you know, because you can always get better. Uh, but yeah, coming to uh, Polk definitely um, got my dreams uh, started. And my number one dream and goal is always being um, going to the Olympics with my country. Uh, and that happened last year. So um, everything else, like, if I look back now, it's just been an amazing ride. And yeah, Polk was definitely at the beginning. Yeah, you mentioned going to the Olympics. That's definitely something want to want to touch on. I mean, that is an athlete's dream, you know, to be able to represent their country um, at the international level, the greatest international athletic competition that there is. And you, know, you got to be a part of that for, I, I think, what was considered the 2020 Olympics that happened in 2021 uh, in, in Tokyo. And you got to com compete there, represent your country, Italy. Um, just what was that 
experience like as an, as an Olympian? So few get to have that perspective um, and that experience. So just how, how meaningful was that to you? And what was that experience like? Yeah, like I said, it was everything. Like it's been my goal for so long. Uh, you know, like when you see a shooting star, you make a wish. And when you blow your birthday candles, you make a wish. And up until then, my wishes have always been being able to take part into the Olympic Games. Um, obviously, that Olympics will always be remembered uh, because of the coronavirus. So, um, in some sort of way, it's in the history. Um, you know, it was amazing. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, we lost our head coach um, a few months before the games. Uh, so, so that made it a little bittersweet and really, really hard for us. But um, keep that aside, it was just an unbelievable experience. You know, just uh, being there with so many athletes uh, of so many sports and just uh, breathing the Olympic atmosphere and then you see uh, the village and the facilities and the stadiums and uh, unfortunately no people obviously because uh, they weren't allowed um, but just like the Olympic Games are huge like and you don't realize how huge the event is until you're right in the middle of it there are volunteers everywhere um, there's a uh, just cameras everywhere and so much media attention and sponsors and um, most amazing experience of my life. For sure. And did you get to share that, that I read correctly? Was your, your cousin Elisa on the team as well with you? Yeah, she was. And she also uh, played college in Tallahassee at CCC. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Was that extra meaningful to get to share that with some, you know, a family member, someone you're close with? Yeah, for sure. And we played together in the Latino club team and we like to get our whole life and we were also roommates during the olympics and all that so that was uh definitely very fun for us and for the whole thing bringing us on from home greta you've played a as we mentioned in the olympics um you finished your collegiate career at uh, texas a&m corpus christi you've played a lot of places at a lot of different levels the game itself, does it kind of vary in the way it's played in different places or is softball kind of universal wherever uh, wherever it takes place? There is a lot. Like, it's unbelievable how much the same game can be so different. Um, so with college softball, for example, I would say the main difference is everyone is pretty much the same age. Um, so that makes it very competitive with um within that age group uh, and that's unique because when you go and play internationally um, age groups are all uh, stacked up together so for example now here in Japan uh, we have uh, players that are 19 and our older players are 20 so uh, I mean 40 so that's uh, a huge range of ages also like the speed of the game is completely different and uh, I would say in the USA uh, a lot, a huge part of the game is uh, big hitting. The fields are shorter, uh, the, ha the bats are definitely hotter. Uh, here in Japan, it's a fielding game, it's a pitching game, so it goes faster. Uh, Australia is also very different, Europe is also very different, and uh, it's really nice to see an experience. Yeah, tell us a little bit about this league you're playing in right now in the uh, 
the Japan Diamond League. You said it's it's a rebrand league, kind of. What's uh, kind of what's the history there, to your knowledge, and and how did you get connected with uh, this league? Yeah, so I got an offer to come play in Japan a few weeks uh, after the Olympics, and um, uh, this is the first year of the JD League. It is uh, divided into pools, east and west, and each pool has uh, eight teams. Uh, it's extremely competitive, and uh, the way software is set up over here is that teams are owned by companies. Some of the most famous ones would be Toyota or Honda. Um, so these companies uh, own the teams, and um, the competition goes from uh, March until June. Then we have a little bit of a summer break, and then we resume in September, and we're just about to start playoffs right now. Uh, we're in a pretty good spot as a team, and this is the first time this team has reached playoffs, so uh, they're so happy. Uh, you can breathe with enthusiasm, and hopefully we can do good and deliver a couple more and uh, reach the final. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good, good luck to you guys in the in the postseason hunt. Greta, you talked a little bit about your experience uh, when you first arrived here and began pitching for what was Polk Community College at the time. Um, is there anything that you kind of learned here or any way you grew here that, that kind of sticks with you uh, today in your softball career? Uh, I definitely learned to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came over, my English wasn't very good. Uh, so the first... Um, the first couple months were a huge adjustment. Just uh, even just understanding what people were telling me to do, or telling me where to be. Um, obviously, like learning how to uh, move around on campus and uh, just understanding my classes and understanding what my professor was telling me. Like if you ask my coach uh, at the time, Jeff Ellis, shout out to coach, by the way. Um, he would tell you, I didn't open my mouth for about two months. Um, so yeah, that was one thing, just a huge, huge adjustment uh, to the language, to the culture, uh, the food, even just going to Walmart, you know, everything uh, completely different. And yeah, I just uh, learned to figure it out and be on my own, because uh, obviously I, I didn't have an interpreter, or, uh, I didn't have uh, family close by. Uh, so yeah, that was the biggest thing I would say. You touched there kind of on something that I think hearing a lot of student athletes who come from um, international country to uh, to America, and I'm sure it would be the same and vice versa if we had some you know American student athletes going to compete internationally. But it's it's this idea of of kind of uprooting from the culture you were raised in and grew and grown uh, grew up in, and then to come to somewhere totally different. Um, where the language you grew up speaking is not spoken and it needs you to be homesick too, being far away from family members. And I've heard that as a, as a big uh, obstacle to wrestle through with, with a lot of student athletes I've gotten to work with that come from different countries. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, there's kind of either two paths, either they, they kind of find ways and find strength to keep, to kind of push through, get connected or bring pieces of, of their home country to where they're at now. And there are some who, who do uh, end up going back uh, and cutting their career short. I've seen that as well. So kind of who or what was helpful and pivotal in getting you 
because uh, obviously you know you stay you complete your um, education and, and first two years at Polk State and then go to Texas A&M Corpus Christi so who, who and what was kind of helpful for you to kind of fight through maybe that homesickness and that transition yeah I definitely remember getting homesick a lot um, but you know I think it really helped me that I came in the spring semester um, my papers were a little slow so I wasn't um, my papers were not ready in time for the whole semester. So coming into the spring semester, we just dove right into the games and right into softball. And I mean, we play a lot of games in the spring. Like it's about 60 games or something. Um, so that definitely helped because I didn't have much time on my own. Um, but yeah, Coach Jeff, uh, he was definitely a big part of um, just helping me through the homesickness and it was his first year at Polk too, so and he was able uh, to create a very nice and family environment, and um, uh, yeah, and also the staff at PCC um, uh, really helped. Like I remember uh, Dean Lyle being a big help um, my classes, and just the professors in general. You know, with the fact that the classes were small, Catholic and didn't know um, uh, that definitely helped uh, that's why I would really recommend uh, junior college for international players who kind of want to experience it for the first time uh, it kind of gives you more of a friendly family environment that helps you with home Greta one thing that always fascinated me about pitching baseball you'll see a pitcher throw 80 pitches they take him out because that number is getting high. They don't pitch again for another week. In softball, obviously, the throwing motion is different. But you'll see pitchers sometimes pitch both games of a doubleheader, and in 14 innings, they throw 300 pitches. You, you've done this for, for so long now. What's kind of been uh, the secret to, uh, to your longevity and, and keeping the, uh, the arm lively? <laughs> Uh, it happened to me, I think it was my sophomore year. Um, we had a couple of injuries with the other two pitchers. So it, it happened for, I think it was two weeks straight, that I had to pitch doubleheaders uh, conference games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and it was tough. Uh, but definitely, you need to be mentally ready. Um just your body will tell you you're tired and your head has to tell your body that it's not true. <laughs> and then definitely a good um, base work in the gym in the off season that really helps to set up your whole season. Kind of just, you know, who you are, things you enjoy, uh, other things that people might not know about Greta that you're passionate about outside of softball. What are some things that you enjoy doing as well in your spare time or passionate about things that get you excited outside of the game? Oh, uh, well, obviously I like traveling. <laughs> um, and like with softball and being able to uh, be in so many countries, it's fun. Um, like I'm doing a lot of day trips here in Japan every time we get a day off. Um, I did I did a little bit of traveling uh, in the USA, not as much as I would like to because it's pretty busy. Uh, I did a lot of traveling in Australia. I played five seasons there. Um, 
I was able to visit Chicago this summer when I was with AU. Um, but also, I really like to stay home, relax, um, be on the couch, uh, you know, just taking advantage of the free time I have uh, to rest my body because, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, and being an athlete gets harder and harder every year. Um, I enjoy hiking. Uh, I like to do a little bit of photography. Um, yeah, that's mostly. I enjoy coffee. I'm so happy here in Japan. They have so many Starbucks uh, everywhere. That's a plus. That's good. That is a. That's nice. Yeah, they Starbucks finds a way to get themselves everywhere. I think so. That's uh that's awesome what's your favorite uh because i i enjoy hiking as well and you know in, in florida there's really there's really nowhere to hike to be honest i mean i consider i think a hike requires some sort of elevation and uh florida is lacking in that but you know i've enjoyed hiking in uh the mountains of georgia north carolina some of those areas but what would you say is you know, one of your favorite areas you've gotten to hike definitely the dolomites that's my favorite place in the world so italian alps um, a little northeast. Uh, I try to go there every year. I've been going there with my family since I was three months old, and every summer holiday we would spend it out there. Uh, my grandparents too, and now that I'm older, uh, I always try to find uh, a few days to go up there. And the views are so nice and pretty, and the weather is great in the summer. So that's definitely my favorite place to be in the entire world. And there's no softball, so that's also relaxing. We're, we're obviously not professional athletes, but I, I can attest to uh, not getting any younger. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've had a wonderful career in this sport. Ha, have you thought about what you'd like to do when, uh, when this is finally over for you? Uh, I think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Um, so when I started my uh, education, I, I decided to go into psychology uh, because it really fascinated me and I was really interested in sports psychology. And then um, I decided to kind of put education aside for a while just to focus on the sport um, and you know, just being in some place and it was really hard to keep up with um and i kind of just put it off and put it off because um i just really wanted to focus on the olympics uh so now that i got that out of the way um i am in the process of um deciding what to do um when i grow up <laughs> after my career is done um uh, just not ready to share it or say it out loud quite yet um it probably one of the easiest options for me would probably be coaching. Um, but maybe that would be more like a hobby for me. Job. So we'll see. A lot of options are open. Greta, as we wind down here, is there anything uh, we didn't ask about your time at Polk or any uh, advice you would give to, to young athletes? Uh, go to class. <laughs> get your sleeping hours in that's a big one um try to eat healthy 
You know, all the classic things people tell us when we're young and then we don't do it and then we realize when you're 30, oh, dang, if I had only <laughs> gotten more sleep or uh, I should have eaten more healthy, you know, just uh, things that uh, you really take for granted when you're younger. But yeah, and one of the main thing I would say, have fun, like be responsible, but have fun. Uh, college years are really some of the best of your life, so just uh, try to make the most of it. And sports is a great way to make college a lot of fun. And, you know, some of the friendship you build on the field, they will stay for a lifetime. Uh, so, yeah, be responsible, but also try to have as much fun as you can at the same time. You hear that, kids? Listen to your elders. <laughs> yeah, yes. The leafy greens, that's what we need. Greta, this has been uh, this has been a real uh, real pleasure having you uh, you come on the podcast this morning. Uh, it, it, you know we've really enjoyed talking to you. We we want to thank you so much uh, for just giving uh, us a, a few minutes of your time. We know there's a, a wide time difference between where we are and uh, where you are, and we're we're just we're we're pleased you uh, you made this work. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great to reconnect and uh, best of luck all the teams the upcoming season thank you so much awesome thanks greta good luck to you in the playoffs thank you and thank you all for listening uh, to the podcast i am mike ferguson with our co-host uh, andrew too uh thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time Another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you do solo, maybe want to tap a toe. The podcast is the official podcast of Polk State College. It'll air on the first and third Friday each month during the spring semester. You can listen to the podcast by visiting www.polk.edu backslash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thank you for listening to the podcast.